0: Welcome back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Bravvent. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the Dia Pod. Let's get right into today's show. Vanderbilt lost a series. Mississippi State lost a series, but only one of them moved significantly.
1: Mississippi State had been on fire, but, I mean, still got those Vanderbilt arms. Goes without saying, but, I mean, yeah, I still love Mississippi State team. Mississippi State's team, even if it wasn't their weekend, Um, The other big mover that stands out notably is TCU fell from 6 to 12, um, 35 and 14 on the year. We'll get into them a little more later, but um, obviously not what you like to see for them. And talking about Ole Miss, um, well, good for them. They rose from 18 to 13, so a little bit of movement.
0: Yeah, um, speaking of TCU, they're still first in the Big 12, though, so Texas – second in their own conference but still number two so that's an interesting move
1: it's mind-boggling to think about but yeah that's why conference play is so important um how to win those and you know they'll, they'll obviously get an at-large bid. i think that goes without saying but even if i mean they still got the big 12 tournament coming up but yeah but yeah I'm, it's, it's I'm, just weird to see
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i say that but i'm also like well, if they're moving Vandy down one, I don't know who else could be take the top, because Tennessee lost their series targets, even though it was competitive. You can't move them up. Texas Tech has been great since their skid at the beginning of the year, but you still can't put them top yeah. two. And I guess Oregon, if they continue this, I mean, they got the record. So, I mean, theoretically they could, but I'm just not sure. Yeah.
1: Um. No, I agree. Um, and I feel like it's pretty steady in that middle range. We've had Notre Dame and Florida in that eight to twelve range, hovering up and down for most of this season. Seems like Notre Dame's steady at eight. Um, Arizona rose to seven, but yeah, I agree with everything you said. And to get back to Tennessee, I got a lot of respect for them, even just taking one game from Arkansas with the way that team's been playing this year. Yeah, and that one game was
0: a walk off, so it's pretty good. Yeah.
1: So let's get into those top five a little more. Um, Arkansas, it's, well, the Kevin Kopp story once again. Want to know with the save? Six and two-thirds innings. One run, five hits. That's the first time he's given up in a very long time. And his ERA has skyrocketed up to .80. Wow. He's really slipping.
0: Yeah, I was reading something that said um, if Arkansas didn't have Kevin Kopp, which is obviously theoretical, but they probably would have gotten swept. So that shows the importance he has. Cause even though he only had one save, he also got a win. So two of those games, he was, he was, you know, the counterpoint to Tennessee's offense. So
1: making quite the balance.
0: Yeah. Great impact. He allowed one run. He's allowed five runs total on the year over like 70 something innings pitch. So just insane.
1: Yeah. Absolute horse. And Right now, he might be like best arm in college baseball. I don't know. He's he's the guy you want on the mound. I'm not arguing it. Best pitcher on the best team. I mean, easy enough to say that, but I mean, he's sure looking
0: like it. He's a reliever, but he's still throwing every weekend. He's essentially throwing the same amount of starters, six and two thirds every weekend. Essentially, that's starter numbers.
1: I'll take that any day.
0: And you know, things get weird
1: getting into the postseason. So. You might see him in a starting role when you need extra pitchers if it gets to that point for the Razorbacks.
0: Yeah, and he can prove he, it's over three days. But still, he can throw – he can eat innings and well too. And so, I mean, I'm not saying he's a starter, but I think he might – He's, I think he's more valuable than a starter because you think Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, all those guys, they're throwing five to eight innings once a weekend he's going two three innings three times a weekend yeah I think that that's probably more valuable if you ask me
1: well what keeps coming to mind uh, look at Andrew Miller for the 2016 Indians he had more of an impact than any of those starters did I mean you know Kluber and Bauer and who else was it um Josh Tomlin like they were great but it was Miller that was the go-to guy pitching multiple innings every night so that's that's Kevin Cop's.
0: Yeah, and if you want to look at college baseball, we were talking about Lighter and Rocker. Well, Vandy has the issue where if one of them loses, they're probably losing the series because they don't have their third starter. Isn't amazing? A, he's a freshman. It's either Little or Riley. Yeah. So if you have a guy like Cobbs coming out of the pen, he can save you most of those games. If you if like Rocker or Lighter's um mm-hmm. getting in trouble, you bring him in. He'll eat up innings and he'll do it well.
1: Yeah, give the bats some time to fight back and let him do his thing out there. Don't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, we'll get into more Vanity in a second, but I I agree. I'm on the same page with you there. He's probably the most valuable
0: guy in the game. I got to agree. Um, Texas at number two, like we said, a little surprised that they rose up to two, but not surprising because of Andy's loss to oldness um rpi which is rating percentage index we kind of found out what it is but still not really the number two in rpi um it's so basically rpi is measured using data such as winning percentage a team's strength of schedule and its opponent strength schedule so texas being number two arkansas number one accurately represents the rankings but i'm still not entirely sure because texas doesn't have the best winning percentage Arkansas does but Texas does not second best either I don't think I believe that is well it's Fairfield but they're not on here so that doesn't matter but their strength schedule is pretty good and their opponent's strength schedule is pretty good so that's why they're number two and like we said earlier they're number two in the Big 12 standings which is important to know because we said earlier probably whoever wins the Big 12 is probably hosting a regional
1: Mm -hmm. yeah no, it's it's weird, and RPI is it's been confusing for us all year because, you know, we've we've talked about Fairfield plenty, but it is odd to see how they're so high despite having a strength schedule of I believe it was 180 last I checked. You know, going 33 and one, that's certainly not bad. All um, props to them for that, but the level of competition is not the same that Texas has been facing. So at, at least now we have a little bit better of an idea of what goes into that RPI formula. Cause it's, yeah. It causes some controversy, let's say. It
0: definitely does.
1: Um, so moving on to Vandy, The biggest takeaway from this series for me, was, well, for just about everybody watching, it was Jack is back and better than ever. Um, you know, he had that week off to rest. So on Saturday, he proved that that was a good thing for him. Um, Got up there and struck out 13 Ole Miss Rebels, and he only allowed one run over six. Um, Even though he was striking out a bunch of guys, though, he was really efficient with his pitches over those first five. He had only thrown 60. um, And only allowed one hit as well. But in the sixth, he came out, loaded the bases, no one out. Here He grouped and struck out three. A couple curveballs to get him out of that. And then a 96-mile-an-hour heater uh, to end the frame. So that was pretty impressive. Um, And on Saturday... They had an outburst in that thirteen to two bandy win, um, seven home runs on the day. Isaiah Thomas with two, and one each from Dominic Keegan, Spencer Jones, Troy Laneve, Parker Nolan, and Carter Young. They all joined the party, and they were spraying the cover around the ball. And it's what Tim Corbin loves is hitting around the hitting the ball all around the field. Um, so, like Colby said, it was you know the series loss, but um, dropped Friday's contest three to one. it off. They bounced back in the midweek on Tuesday, pounded Florida international 20 to four. And just like we've talked about um, Riley and Christian little as their three and four will definitely be really good guys, but they're still a little young and inexperienced. So they're, they're figuring things out. Um, He struck out six over four and two thirds innings, one run ball. Um, So they're ending the regular season welcoming Kentucky to town this weekend.
0: Yeah. I mean, lighter, and back big for them. However, Rocker looking a little, you know, Rocky. shaky isn't great. Rocky, I like that. I, I remember texting you. I was like, maybe they do what they did with Lighter and give him the week off. Kentucky obviously has been way underperforming compared to what people thought they were going to do this year. They already essentially locked up the number two seed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, might as well. It can't hurt. It can only help him, I think. And then you get to see what little can do in a weekend series.
1: Yeah, it's that cost-benefit analysis of, well, we don't have him for this one game, but if he's the Kumar rocker we thought we were getting for our entire postseason run, well, Vandy can do some special things. So yeah, I think it, you know, who knows what they're going to do, but if they did it, I'd be behind that idea because it clearly worked for Jack later.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, this is way different than what we were saying at the beginning Yeah, where we said oh, to Vandy's championship to lose mm-hmm. I don't know if they win the I don't know how far they even make it in the SEC championship never mind the college world series with not having four or three reliable starters right now they only have one
1: yeah um no it's certainly been easy for us to say that it was Vanity's to lose but as the season has played out it's been clear that it's not going to be as easy as we thought especially with Arkansas just being unreal so I'm still believing in Vandy's. Obviously, the talent is through the roof, but there's some shakiness that they need to get these things worked out very soon.
0: Yeah, they got a great lineup. They got great arms, too, but I think there's a fair chance they could be an upset candidate in even as early as the super regional.
1: Could you imagine how a team would feel knocking off those pitchers? I mean, they're still going to go very early on in the draft because of their track record, but. If you beat Vanderbilt, yeah, just take one from either Rocker or Lighter. You're in business, it's always, as we said. That's all
0: you gotta do. You just gotta take one, because in a three-game series, they're well, they're probably throwing a combination of Riley and Little and then their bullpen at you. So
1: anything can happen.
0: And the be- well, the best case for any team facing Andy is they get Rocker or Lighter out early. So it's essentially, they gotta go two bullpen games in the series.
1: Yeah, exactly. Burn the bullpen, one I've of those, seen. and then you get to game
0: three. and Well, it's situation for both teams. Yeah, so I think – I don't think there's a series where Andy's going to not – they would get swept. There's a chance they'll sweep. But I think if they're going to lose a series, it's going to go to a third game no matter what. I
1: agree. Yeah, they got that potential to just turn it on and just embarrass their opponent but they're not going to get swept and if they lose it's going to be a dogfight. fight no matter what that lineup is yeah. too good to just go down like that um, they have the
0: best lead off in in college baseball he's so fast ricky henderson that, that's a game changer it's a game changer
1: but yeah There's absolutely no... Yeah, Mac, just a um, thing to follow. that's why we talk about them so yeah. much i mean Sure, it's easy for us to sit here and say Vanderbilt because they're the most well-known, but they're just such a fascinating team. How can you not talk about them every week?
0: It's so interesting how they're built and how it's like an MLB program inside that. Yeah. I think there was, I don't remember who said it, which Vanderbilt alum said it, but he said coming to the MLB, it was like we actually have like free time. Mm -hmm. And like obviously you don't have college classes, but like He made it sound like that schedule they go through is like a nine-to-five job. Yeah. Tim Corbin is the Nick
1: Saban of college baseball. Yeah. Hey, they got the rings to prove that it works. Yeah. He's getting to the point where he can just do the Nick Saban recruiting, just puts his rings on the table and says, speaks for itself, buddy.
0: Yeah. Similarly, Najee Harris said the Steelers, obviously it's the offseason, but he's like, yeah, no, Alabama was way more work. I'm like, I see the, best. I see the correlation. Yeah. Um, another SEC team, so three in the top four. Um, Tennessee, like we said, they walked off the second game against Arkansas. Um, it was a great showing. They kept all three games close. Like we said, Kevin, if Kevin Costas didn't exist, they would have swept Arkansas probably. That's how close those games were. It's of early
1: season UConn. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah That's just not as much media attention. You, know, you still have PTSD from that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and then there was the scuffle between both head coaches. I believe the Tennessee head coach used to be assistant at Arkansas. That's right. Yeah. And so post-game after their huddles, there was a little verbiage going on back and forth
1: hey the emotions are high it's a big series so understandable
0: yeah and the tennessee coach uh, i don't remember his name exactly he was smart he put his mask on so it looked like it was a one-sided conversation oh, see Genius. that's the
1: beauty of masks no lip reading no nah, and you can just you can yell
0: but no one will know because she yeah, a, I like a bunch of covering. college
1: coaches that want to keep wearing them for that reason
0: yeah like the catcher when the pitching coach goes out you know the
1: yeah, you don't have to cover your mouth anymore. Contact well, I mean, fingers. most people still do, so they just got the double protection. Cool. I swear, or oh, the glove. Yeah. Well, well speaking um, of not really wearing masks, we get to Texas Tech. Sorry, guys, but they're climbing back from their 0 and 4 start to the year. It certainly wasn't what they were looking for, but. They're a damn good team, and they're firmly cementing themselves in the national championship picture. Um, Southern front and center against UConn. It's a dynamic lineup. Jace Jung is really good, um, among plenty of other guys. Um, Dylan Noose, too. He's a great player. Um, Montverde got hurt on the mound, which is a bummer for them, but they got all the talent in the world that they can make a deep run throughout this tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were number number three preseason, so everyone thought they were going to make it to the College World Series. Now they're one of the – I think I saw D1 Baseball pick them to beat Vandy in the first round of the College World Series. So, I'm not saying it's impossible. I think it's actually likely at this point, based on where the two teams are trending.
1: We just outlined for you guys how Vandy can be beaten. So, the roadmap is there if you can do it.
0: Similarly – Ole Miss and Mississippi State trending in completely opposite directions.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what went on in Mississippi
0: State, but it wasn't good. No, was not good at all. Ole Miss, on the other hand, great job.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: And you see it reflected in those power rankings. Big time. Um, other news in college. Um Shout out to LaSalle Baseball. Their program is 32-17, and the best in program history. But COVID times, things just suck right now because the school is still set on cutting their program at the conclusion of the year. So we are starting the Beyond the Diamond Awareness Project to save LaSalle Baseball. Um, Like you saw, Bowling Green wanted to cut their program. Earl Hersheiser came in and helped them save it or I don't know if anybody's seen the barstool, let them play tournament going on with women's college golf. LaSalle could use something like that. So I hope, hope they can pull something together. Um, We have a guy on our team that transferred uh, from there and he loved that program. So it's, it's a shame that these things have to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, you'd never want to see baseball program go down because the players, they work so hard and all that, but, So hopefully it doesn't, but great if it does, great. Great final season.
1: No better way to go out. Um, No. Well, if we want some good news, pending local and state guidelines, the NCAA is expanding D1 Baseball Championships to 100% capacity. That's a beautiful thing. Get all these fans out there. Pack TD Ameritrade Park in June. Well, June is coming up, so a couple weeks, but Fun is on the horizon. I mean, it's it's been here all year, but even more fun is on the horizon.
0: Yeah, I mean, the ML, MILB, minor leagues, obviously, just said no mass full 100% capacity the other day. Looks like the NCAA is following suit. Yeah. And speaking
1: of 100% capacity, the first UConn highlight I would like to note is Elliott Ballpark – is finally opening up to 100%. We just got clearance from Ned Lamont, the Connecticut governor. So, huge matchup this weekend against Seton Hall. Major implications for the Big East tournament. And if you want to come, you can be there. So, really looking forward to that. Should be an awesome atmosphere. A little under-the-lights action Thursday night, doubleheader Friday, wrap up the regular season on Saturday. Yeah, um,
0: I'm excited to see it. It should be good. It's big, big implications Um, UConn. They, they got to win. Seat C- Paul, they got to win. Who's going to break?
1: Yeah. No, exactly. And, um, you know, it was, it was a weird series at Villanova. They played us very tough. And, you know, we expected that because their pitching has been strong all year. So let's get into those games a little bit. Uh, first off, Gordon Graceffo, their their ace, he's a monster. He he went eight against us and struck out twelve. Um, we scratched off two runs against him, um, but you know he was really good. Um, Austin Peterson he pretty much matched him. He went six, uh, four strikeouts, no runs, only two hits. Um, he only threw seventy six pitches, so he should be ready to go this weekend for us. Um, unfortunately, the bullpen couldn't hold on to that one, but. Villanova was led the whole weekend by Chris Rotondo. He was just going off. It was ridiculous how good he was. So shout out to him. He uh, had four RBIs on Saturday's game. Um, Then in Saturday's game, it was a little bit of a pitching mishmash for um, Villanova. They gave up six runs to us. And on the other side, we countered with six and two-thirds innings of seven strikeout ball from Ben Kasperius. Kenny house and Justin Willis got the job done after that, um, you know, pretty good offensive. tay. I mean, goes without saying, but hits were spread throughout the lineup pretty evenly, which you always love to see. And then on Sunday, it was, it was a tight one. Um, only four to three, we pulled it out, but once again, a team effort, Pat Gallagher did a nice job on the mound. He's settling into that number three spot very nicely for us. Um, then Randy Polonia, he came in, ending in two-thirds of huge relief. Justin Willis got, got a big out for us, and Caleb Burster did what Caleb Burster does best. Ending in two-thirds, save only through 23 pitches, so he's ready to go. But biggest takeaway from this weekend was Eric Stock. He, he took the biggest player of the week, and if anybody saw his interview post game uh, with Chris Jones on our Twitter, he shared out MLB The Show because he said that's what got his eye feeling good. He went seven for 12, two doubles and a home (laughs) run, and uh, earned himself Big East Player of the Week, much deserved. So really happy for him. And you know what? It was was stressful, but at the end of the day, we still took two out of three from them. And as long as everything goes all right this weekend, we pretty much knocked them out of the Big East tournament conversation, which that's always fun to do. Uh,
0: Yeah, you know, sinister kind of way, yeah. It definitely (laughs) is, but no, I'm just kidding great series um tough to lose one but i mean i guess you can't win them all even against even though it's against villanova so yeah
1: i mean villanova's pitching was good that it, it, it's like we said this this is like the world series for these teams especially it's our first year back in the big east they're big rivalry games they have been in the past they will continue to be so they're going to play up to the competition so we saw it with saint john's we saw it with xavier i mean we're seeing it with everybody in this conference so Seton Hall will be the big test this weekend, four games. Um, Then midweek, we, uh, yesterday went down to URI. I actually got to make my first road trip as a member of the team here, which was a lot of fun. Um, 15-6 win. Um, They were handing a lot of stuff to us. Um, There were a few runs hit by pitch and then walked in as well. Um, But we were doing a good job of taking what they gave us. Uh, Eric Stock had another home run, continuing his toward pace. Uh, Chris Brown did as well. He's really found a nice little power streak of late, which is a lot of fun to see. Biggest story of this game was Reggie Crawford, though. Um, Dynamic two-way for us. I've talked about him a lot on the show this year, but he was our opener. Um, Two and and two-thirds innings, just absolutely ridiculous. He struck out six guys, but his fastball looked to be in the upper 90s. Um, He was doing an amazing job. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Shout out to him for just being a beast for us all season. Normally we see him late in the games because it's tough. He's got to come from first base and have an awkward warm up, but he was able to get a nice little normal routine in this time. So it showed with how well he pitched. We are up to thirty six in the RPI now. So that is your latest from the Huskies.
0: Yeah, um Rendy's very good at baseball, I think you could say. But he's he's not bad. Mm, not too bad. No, he's sure showing you funny.
1: Uh, we made a good choice sucks. bringing them here.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, RPI, like we said, we still aren't entirely sure. So. But 36 sounds good, I think.
1: We know it about as well as we're ever going to now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. 36, we'll say is good. Oh, definitely. So, um,
1: Those at-large bids of- are still in play, but you just got to yeah. take care of business in that tournament.
0: Exactly. Just win, win. Um, win and you're in your end. That's the easiest way to say it.
1: Hey, you sound like Coach Penders.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of Shoya Otani, uh, he's the most exciting play- baseball player I've ever seen in my life. He <laughs> yeah. leads the league with 14 home runs now um, while also having a 2.10 ERA. Um, which, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. It, it's if you consider, you know, the same ERA as Max Scherzer good. You do right, yeah. I mean, Say yeah. so. He's yeah. definitely, you know, he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, is he? Yeah. Um, but we'd also like to mention his vivo has been down today or tonight. It was down. Now, is that a sign of something? Is he trying to become more of a finesse pitcher? Is he, is he saving something? Warm is he
1: beat up a little bit? I'm just praying it's is not something die? bad. Because he was down yeah, six, he averaged ninety three point eight, according to what I saw on Twitter. Which is something to keep an eye on. Just just gave me flashbacks to that start he had in Houston in Sunday Night Baseball in twenty eighteen. Before he got his Tommy John, I mean, he was still able to you know pitch right well tonight. But it just concerned me a little bit. And then he goes out to right field afterwards because he's just that cool.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's just you know a tired because he's been playing every day since Mike Trout got hurt. The other MVP candidate on the yes. Angels, yet somehow the poor they're Angels the worst team in the A.L.S. Them.
1: Mike Trout strained calf. He's hit the shelf for six to eight weeks, so that's no fun. Um, Angels are down Trout and Pujols now because you know he's a Dodger. Um, first game he's yeah, just had to clean up too. But yeah, that's that's, that's a thing that's happening right now. And um, yeah, Joe, Madden no, said, weird. Joe Madden said Mike Trout would be the greatest August acquisition ever, which I love the way he's thinking, but with the way the Angels are playing, that
0: might be a little bit optimistic. Yeah, they're, they're awful, yet they have two MVP candidates. And I'd also like to add, if Otani's still healthy, when Trout comes back, I think it's Otani's MVP to lose at yeah, this point. I mean,
1: as long as he stays healthy and keeps doing his thing,
0: how can you not? I think Trout will come in second, but I'm not sure Trout can come back if he's out six to eight weeks. Oh, well, We saw something similar
1: eight eight in 2018 where Mookie Betts and his stats were, were comparable, but Trout was out a long time, so it kind of made it an easy choice for the BBWA to give it to Mookie because he was doing it throughout the whole season. And as much as we and- love Trout for being a monster, he did miss a little bit of time. So I feel like that if things keep going the way they are now, that might be the case
0: we're looking at. I think they're the top two candidates for sure because they're not they're not gonna give it to a strict DH, unfortunately for JB. Um yeah. but I would like to add Betts was also captaining um, you know, one of the greatest baseball teams we've ever seen. So there's that too.
1: <laughs> that is something to keep in mind. And yeah, the fact that the Angels are still struggling with the talent they have in that roster. I've got Walsh at first base, Rendon at third, David Fletcher. How can you not love David Fletcher? Um, Dylan Bundy and Heaney, pretty solid starters right there. So maybe they'll turn it on one of these days.
0: They need to do what the White Sox did and just get a bunch of veteran arms and hope they work out.
1: I thought you were going to say get their manager mad at them, but that's another story.
0: <laughs> that might work too. I don't know.
1: We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But first, Oh, another MVP of the AL West – It's no-hitter central. Mariners have been no-hit twice this season. And just before we started this show, we can now say the Rangers have been no-hit twice. Last night, Spencer Turnbull threw a no-hitter. Shout out to him for the Tigers. He was one walk away from perfection. Um, Amazing start. And if you saw his post-game interview afterwards, he said his warm-up felt terrible, of which, why does it always seem like the worse the guys do in their warm-up, the better start they have. It's kind of amazing.
0: Scherzer said that he said his warm-ups are bad when he pitches well. Go figure, right?
1: Eh? Uh, but the poor Mariners—they're uh, only hitting one ninety-nine as
0: a team. That's it's kind of kind of rough. <laughs> the tale is all the time: the Mariners start red hot and then just fall off a cliff.
1: Yep. It was how 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 long are these guys going to be good for until reality strikes?
0: Yep. And um. Uh, uh, the other no hitter is um Corey Kluber. That's, you know, pretty big. Big news kinda, I mean, sorta. We said it be I think in one of the first episodes, the Corey Kluber signing. Very low risk, very high reward. of yeah. reward paid off tonight. I did.
1: He handled those rangers with these. Um, I don't I don't know if Mintrich Kluber is officially back, but he's getting closer. I mean it's looking pretty damn good right now. Um, so, you know, it, it was a lineup that was a little easier to take advantage of, but he's certainly looking to find a nice middle ground between ridiculous Kluber of 2015, or 2014 was when I was first Cy Young, 2014 through 2018, and then struggling Kluber of 19 through 20. He's trying to find this nice little middle ground, a little more skewed to the first part of that, but – I think he's getting there. Um, The Yankees certainly know how to harness talent of these pitchers. So, a two-seamer is nasty tonight. And he's healthy. That's a big part, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last year, you saw he threw one inning. That's that's kind of tough. So, you can't really prove yourself much there. Mm Mm-mm. Speaking of the Yankees, uh, Garrett Cole just broke the record of most consecutive strikeouts without a walk. He got it up to 61 the other night in Texas, of which the Yankees just love beating up those Rangers. Um, the thing that stuck out to me was Corbin Burns did that a few weeks ago, broke that record, and everybody was talking about it. And Cole, I feel, is just like, oh, yeah, that's something that happened, of which I guess that just speaks to how high the expectations are for him. But he's doing Garrett Cole things this year
0: for sure. I think the difference was he didn't start the season without issuing a walk. That's so true. it's like it's a big deal. But I I argue just going from the start of the season till now not allowing a walk until Burns did. I don't know if it's more impressive because Cole broke it, but it's more at stake.
1: Mm-hmm. You're right. It's it's tough to come out of the gate with those. Everybody's watching you on opening day in the first few weeks. So the expectations are just as high then as they are in the postseason, really. Uh, everything goes under a microscope. So it was amazing what Burns did then, but Cole's just been able to settle into his groove and just do his thing, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, that's just Garrett Cole being Garrett Cole. Yeah, no, he's, he's great. He's still not the best pitcher
0: in New York, no. Uh
1: Another noteworthy story here is uh, Jacob deGrom. Is, he's coming back. He's rehabbing in single A this week. Um, So rest in peace to those single-A hitters that have to face him. That's (laughs) kind of a tough draw. Here you go. You can go out and face one of the best guys we've ever seen. And you're probably 19 through 21 years old.
0: (laughs) I I got no answer for that. That's tough. (laughs) Um, Trey Mancini talking about a return. Um, His return this season, incredible nonetheless but also awesome to watch because he has um 20 rbis in may so far leads the league and he already has hit. he already hit two home runs against tampa bay earlier tonight pretty good
1: yeah it's such an awesome story and even just being back on the field was amazing to see so the fact that he's doing better than he ever has in his career is it's just awesome um you know in the American League East, the Orioles aren't really going anywhere, so it's easy enough true for him to <laughs> side note. <laughs> um, and yeah, first base, he's got that locked down because it was just announced that Chris Davis is out for the rest of the season, of which not that he played it all this year, but his War of Zero will be his best season since 2017. Ouch. That's tough. That's really tough.
0: So uh yeah, that's 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 quite unfortunate. <laughs> And another return, two more actually, Tatis and Osmer returning for the Padres. They're getting healthy as they just – I think they're tied with the Giants for first place. I don't like that, but whatever. Tatis, though, pretty good night, 4 for 4 home run, and one of the most impressive slides I've ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) I don't even have any words to describe that. That was just – Flexibility off the charts. Can we get him in Tokyo for the Olympics in a few weeks? Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. That, that was impressive. Um, speaking of your Giants, they got the most underrated pitcher in the game, I think.
0: I'd agree. I, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I want to take a stab at it. <laughs> there he ace, Kevin Gosman is that who it is there we go yeah um i mean he's top 10 and i believe every category that's a good category for pitchers including top three in era whip innings pitched wins and strikeouts pretty good
1: why are we not hearing more about this man he's been ridiculous um Come back on that qualifying offer, you know. It was, you know, easy enough. There's no bad one year deals. So it was win win for both sides. He got a little more money for one season. And man, that's paying off because he is gonna get paid with the way he's performing right now. But that's that's a later problem. The Giants are having a nice season,
0: so just ride it. And people said that the Giants overpaid him for this year. Seventeen million overpaid. He's being underpaid. That's underpaid. Yeah. And now next season, the Giants can flex their uh, muscles, their money muscles. Yes, exactly. Farhan has done a ridiculously good job with this rebuild so far, I'd say. I would agree. He might go after a shortstop too, although Crawford's performing very well, so I don't know.
1: He's got that perfect mix of some younger guys coming on the scene with the old school getting the job done yeah
0: I'd say so that I'd agree with that.
1: Well, as we talk about old school, we have to get into the story. The biggest one of the last few days is the Tony Larissa situation um, you know Tough it was one. was controversial at the time when he got hired. I was more on the supportive side because of his great baseball resume and I thought you know he he managed the Bash Brothers in Oakland so he can handle a little flair from guys. Um, but sometimes when you talk to the media about things they can blow up a little bit and we've seen plenty of that uh, the last few days
0: Um, I mean I get the whole preserve in the old school game but at a point I mean, come on man you got to support your players
1: yeah you're not going to find more of a baseball purist out there than me but it's like it's, it's not a good way to go about it I don't like think calling I, them out publicly is a great idea in the modern like baseball I was, climate. Yeah.
0: I was saying to you before him. I was like, I mean, I understand why he's upset at him and three out against position player up opponents. I also understand he's a rookie. He's trying to make money. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get All Star votes. He's trying to do all this. He's having an insane year, and then. So you can be like, you can t- handle that internally. That doesn't need to be about the media. And then the next night when Tyler Duffy threw at him, which is a whole other ball game. whatever. I don't know why he threw at him. That's dumb. The position player was pitching. That's whatever. He didn't care. Uh, But, I mean, LaRusso said Duffy did the right thing.
1: Yeah, it's like, I understand because that's what baseball's been forever. If, if you feel as though you've been showed up, you're going to throw at them in retaliation that's just you know it happens so i wasn't surprised to see it i mean i guess what tony was trying to say was i had a feeling it was coming but maybe saying i approved of that when they threw at one of your guys isn't the greatest idea in the world uh i don't know um the thing about the mercedes original home run was if you see a 46 mile an hour fastball coming right down the middle and you, you got that situation, it's hard to just not think attack it. It's it's easy for us to sit here and say let's take it, but if you're standing in the box in that situation, that's just on a tee for it. You can pad those stats a little bit. And Obviously, the Twins don't like pat, pat, stat padding, but it's it's caused quite the storm going Listen,
0: on. Then don't be down 11 runs and having to put in a position player. That's yeah. my
1: answer. Or if you're going to put in a position player, have one that throws a little harder and I, I love La Tortica but 46 is um, interesting mm-hmm. to say the least
0: that's me boss yeah I, I mean especially with how the game is with launch angle mm-hmm. he's going to no, launch that ball it's, it's asking for it it's almost uh, impressive how far he hit
1: it off such a slow pitch it is yeah I mean harder they come in the faster they go out so Tip my cap to Mercedes on that. Is that the most impressive thing he's done all year?
0: And he's had an Some impressive summer say. saying. Um. Anyway, about the whole Larusa thing. First of all, Tim Anderson reported uh, supported Mercedes on Instagram. But also, if Tim Anderson ever does one of his bad flips this year, like goes all in, he might get strangled on the base paths.
1: Oh boy, I mean. I love the flair and I understand that that's a staff that likes the old school, but can we find a happy mix? There's a, there's a place for both of it in our game. I mean, let the kids play is an awesome movement, but we can also be respectful while we let the kids play. Let, let's find something that makes or, everybody happy. Meet in the middle.
0: Or if you can't retire. You know, that's
1: that's also an option. Um, and, and Lance Lynn also had some trouble with it. He's like, look home runs are fine this game wasn't over tony came back with a pretty savage line with the whole um i, I liked it i like he has yeah, a locker play. i have an office of which tip my cap to that one like if you've been at this for a long time you've earned that office but it's like this this is not helping the the clubhouse chemistry right now
0: but at the same time like that's your guy you can't go and get it
1: and he's a guy that's been with them back to St. Louis. So it was surprising to see the two of them have some public quarrels. I mean, they've both been saying, you know, things, things are all right in the clubhouse. We're not worried. But I mean, it's concerning for a team as talented as them that this is something they even have to worry about. You just wish that things can be nice and normal and they can focus on baseball. But this is, this is what happens when the media takes a story and runs with it. I mean... Things get blown out of proportion and people go back and forth. So, I don't know. It's a tough situation on both sides, I guess. Um, just try to find a rational way to think about it for my everybody. Only,
0: my only way to think this could have been like a whole ruse is LaRusso wants to drive, like, wants his team to get an edge. And so if everyone thinks there's a rift, maybe his team will just destroy everyone. Prove him That's wrong, very man. far fe- It's very far-fetched.
1: But I love it. Crazier things. You just saw with the Red Sox tonight, they were playing pissed off after they got a little bit embarrassed by Toronto in the first game of the series. They went out and dropped six runs in the first two innings. So usually playing pissed off leads to good results. So if it is genius
0: strategy by Tony. I mean, I hope it is, but I don't know how long you can be like pissed off because I don't think you can do it from May to September. That's really tough. It might be asking for a lot, yeah. He might have he might have done this too early. He needs another guy to swing at 3-0 in like July.
1: <laughs> Tim Anderson will probably take care of that for us. He doesn't seem to hold back, of which I love that about him. But
0: I really wish they would play the Padres because I want Tatis to flip in front of Lourdes' face, you know, naturally.
1: Hey, maybe we'll see it in October. You never know.
0: I mean, that was a lot of people's postseason uh, World Series prediction.
1: It was. I mean, both teams are playing well on the field. Not many problems on the field. It's going good. Um, so you're back to the crux of this problem, which was the leading by so many runs late in the game with position players pitching. Aaron Boone was talking to the media the other day and floated a suggestion of having a mercy rule of 10-plus runs after seven innings. He was like, I joked with you guys about this, but maybe it's actually a good idea. reaction to that is is just no. I understand college baseball conference doubleheaders, like let's not kill these guys, but um, yeah, no, no, seven innings is
0: not a baseball game to me. Um, It's not to the MLB either apparently because or else we'd have seven official no-headers this year. But that's that's true. Listen, what do we, I know? We do in we'll really Beyond enough. the
1: Diamonds book. Shout out, Mad Bum.
0: We do. We have seven for sure, which is a crazy thing to say this early in the season.
1: But still, oh my God, the year of the no hitter. I think that's an understatement. Um,
0: I I agree. Your well, yeah, picture is real. The
1: other thing I hate about this mercy light is we've we've seen some crazy comebacks. Remember that one the Nationals had against. I want to say it was the Phillies. Yeah, they won the World Series.
0: Sounds great. Um,
1: That's great. Yeah. They just scored a crazy amount of runs in the ninth inning versus you walked it off. Um, but yeah, no, it's, that, that doesn't have any place in the game. So hopefully that idea uh, dies out in the Zoom press conference
0: and doesn't go beyond that. We'd hope so. I really, I really do hope so because I don't want more. No more ruining the way the baseball game is played. We can mess with anything outside the game. I'm
1: open-minded when it comes to that, but inside the game, I'm a purist. No apologies
0: either. No, I agree. Um, so um, our new segment, we still don't have a name for it. We'll figure <laughs> it out, though. Our high school segment, we'll call it for right now. We'll figure something out. Um, so we were featuring the game of the week in, I believe, Texas. It's Barb one, Sam Houston zero. It went to 11 innings. Jack Walker pitched a ten. He pitched ten no-hit innings with 13 strikeouts. Only 13. I feel like he should have more at that point. But listen, I'm not well, he complaining. Had to the
1: pitch count low enough that he could keep rolling.
0: However, he didn't even get the win because <laughs> no one scored until the 11th inning. So. Gavin Gaudry got the win because he pitched the top of the eleventh. They won the game in the bottom of the inning when, oh man, this sucks. Kyle DeBarge was hit by a by a pitch, advanced the third and came home on a Donovan field fielder's choice. Uh Barb's now in the championship game where it where it defeated West Monroe for the class 5A title. I don't understand that last part, but okay. Well,
1: that is manufacturing run for you. And,
0: yeah, Jack Walker, that's a yeah, bad
1: performance. Oh, I love some base running. It's so running. fun to
0: watch. Base running and pitching? Oh, give me that all day. Defense? I'm all for it.
1: See? now we, we can bring the old school and new school baseball together. Everybody's happy with that, right?
0: I like home runs, but I also like some of that old stuff, too. Yeah, it's
1: fun to watch a little What's small
0: that? Yeah, I just can't bring bunting back, too, but we're at it. Bunting there's a no-hitter on. I'm all for it.
1: Hey, that's what I love about the college game. These coaches aren't afraid to drop down a bunt sign.
0: Two strikes, too. They'll do bunt signs and two strikes.
1: Yeah? Hey. It's crazy. You can get it down. It's so valuable.
0: I want to know Lurisa's reaction if there's a no-hitter no going and his team blocks. He might kill someone. <laughs> or he might say that's a good strategy to tip my cap. Who knows? No one knows. Could go either way.
1: One thing you cannot say about the White Sox is that they're a boring team. There's no shortage of entertainment.
0: (laughs) They got entertaining players. They got an entertaining manager, whether or not he means to be. And together, it just makes for chaos. They need a reality show. Hey, give me a hard knocks of the White Sox. Oh, that would be good. That would be really good.
1: Hey, I mean Jerry Reinsdorf was was there for the last dance. So he can be here for what whatever you want to call this.
0: I don't think he was there willingly though. No, but
1: he was still the owner. <laughs>
0: Maybe Michael Jordan can make it happen. Yeah.
1: MJ, get your camera crew into uh what I I almost said US cellular field, but it hasn't been that for a few years.
0: Guaranteed rate field. There we go yeah they're the same thing none of these fields change Just do a yankee stadium to just make it new yankee stadium i like that that's one thing i like about the yankees
1: they didn't try to confuse me with a new name no i got a lot of respect for the teams that keep it you know
0: dodger stadium angel stadium fenway although pretty soon every stadium is going to be an it's going to be an advertisement pretty soon like fenway is going to become like uh, I mean, Sitco would be a bad one, but like Sitco Park, that's weird. Nah, that's...
1: I mean, we're, we're seeing it in all these other sports, like the NHL selling the ads and the helmets. Well, that's, that's probably cool. not too far behind in baseball.
0: Baseball's the only sport without ads on their uniforms.
1: I'd love to keep it that way, but
0: I don't know if that's going to happen. If it's just a patch on the sleeve, I guess I'm okay with it. But... If it yeah. if it makes the money and Manfred stops ruining the game, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Any other reason? No, I'm you not okay with it. They're
1: getting enough money from Nike for Nike logos and all the uniforms. So
0: you think so? But that's probably not. not enough. No,
1: nothing's enough for Rob
0: Manfred. Well,
1: we got the owners to keep in mind too, because he answers to them. So they're the ones that.
0: Yeah. Why aren't they doing anything about that? They gotta get him out.
1: Well, they're making money, even if uh, you know, might think he's not making the game sustainable, but they're making profit now, so they're happy. That's just the short-term vision. So, I don't know. It's
0: <laughs> fair. Sure. I guess you're not wrong, but doesn't mean I like
1: it. Enough knows to spite your face. That's what the saying is, right?
0: That sounds right. That uh, I think that's right. Something I don't know, like that says I'm tired. <laughs> I got no way. My brain's not working very well.
1: no a little late night podcast. It was a good one. So it was. I think that's no. all we got. So thank you for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You know, next week we'll be getting into the last regular season matchups and start previewing these conference tournaments, regionals, and plenty more MLB I think action.
0: They,
1: we'll see what fights the White Sox get into next week.
0: <laughs> do they announce um when do they announce who's hosting regionals next week
1: um i believe so and march 31st is the selection show for where May, everybody's May. going oh yeah jesus christ see i'm tired too um memorial day yeah memorial day is, 31st, they thought,
0: is that announcement um so regionals probably monday or something yeah i guess so sounds right so should be a big one guys
1: yeah, so stay tuned. We'll we'll have more content. Hopefully, we'll get up. two.
0: Yeah, hopefully, we'll get two episodes out next week. I don't know. We'll see how schedules work out.
1: That is the goal. You you kind of decided to make my schedule very hectic this week, so we couldn't pull it off. This it took week advantage before. of you being there. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was Not some bad of thing. the baseball team and some of the school itself. So, but it happens.
0: All right. Well, we'll try. We'll maybe We'll do our best shot. That is I'm going to try world. to learn how to stream. I'm going to learn how to stream the show. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. There's, so enough that'll people be on the We
1: can get it done. We're smart guys.
0: Generally. Don't <laughs> give us too much credit.
1: All right. Well, thank All you right. guys for listening. Don't forget to check out the socials Beyond the Diapod on Twitter and Beyond the Diamond Podcast on Instagram. And we will see you next time. Bye. But-